Book Two, Chapter Ten of My Antonia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Katie Gibbony, Arkansas, November two thousand seven. My Antonia by Willa Cather. Book Two, The Hired Girls, Chapter Ten. It was at the Vanus tent that Antonia was discovered. Hitherto she had been looked upon more as a ward of the Harlings than as one of the hired girls. She had lived in their house and yard and garden. Her thoughts never seemed to stray outside that little kingdom. But after the tent came to town, she began to go about with Tiny and Lena and their friends. The Vanus often said that Antonia was the best dancer of them all. I sometimes heard murmurs in the crowd outside the pavilion that Mrs. Harling would soon have her hands full with that girl. The young men began to joke with each other about the Harling's Tony, as they did about the Marshal's Anna or the gardener's Tiny. Antonia talked and thought of nothing but the tent. She hummed the dance tunes all day. When supper was late, she hurried with her dishes, dropped and smashed them in her excitement. At the first call of the music, she became irresponsible. If she hadn't time to dress, she merely flung off her apron and shot out of the kitchen door. Sometimes I went with her. The moment the lighted tent came into view, she would break into a run like a boy. There were always partners waiting for her. She began to dance before she got her breath. Antonia's success at the tent had its consequences. The iceman lingered too long now when he came into the covered porch to fill the refrigerator. The delivery boys hung about the kitchen when they brought the groceries. Young farmers who were in town for Saturday came tramping through the yard to the back door to engage dances or to invite Tony to parties and picnics. Lena and Norwegian Anna dropped in to help her with her work so that she could get away early. The boys who brought her home after the dances sometimes laughed at the back gate and wakened Mr. Harling from his first sleep. A crisis was inevitable. One Saturday night, Mr. Harling had gone down to the cellar for beer. As he came up the stairs in the dark, he heard scuffling on the back porch and then the sound of a vigorous slap. He looked out through the side door in time to see a pair of long legs vaulting over the picket fence. Antonia was standing there, angry and excited. Young Harry Payne, who was to marry his employer's daughter on Monday, had come to the tent with a crowd of friends and danced all evening. Afterward, he begged Antonia to let him walk home with her. She said she supposed he was a nice young man, as he was one of Miss Francis's friends, and she didn't mind. On the back porch, he tried to kiss her, and when she protested, because he was going to be married on Monday, he caught her and kissed her until she got one hand free and slapped him. Mr. Harling put his beer bottles down on the table. This is what I've been expecting, Antonia. You've been going with girls who have a reputation for being free and easy, and now you've got the same reputation. I won't have this and that fellow tramping about my backyard all the time. This is the end of it, tonight. It stops, short. You can quit going to these dances or you can hunt another place think it over. The next morning when Mrs. Harling and Francis tried to reason with Antonia, they found her agitated but determined. Stop going to the tent, she panted. I wouldn't think of it for a minute. 
My own father couldn't make me stop. Mr. Harling ain't my boss outside my work. I won't give up my friends, either. The boys I go with are nice fellows. I thought Mr. Payne was all right, too, because he used to come here. I guess I gave him a red face for his wedding all right, she blazed out indignantly. You'll have to do one thing or the other, Antonia, Mrs. Harling told her decidedly. I can't go back on what Mr. Harling has said. This is his house. Then I'll just leave, Mrs. Harling. Lena's been wanting me to get a place closer to her for a long while. Mary Svoboda's going away from the Cutters to work at the hotel, and I can have her place. Mrs. Harling rose from her chair. Antonia, if you go to the Cutters to work, you cannot come back to this house again. You know what that man is. It will be the ruin of you. Tony snatched up the tea kettle and began to pour boiling water over the glasses, laughing excitedly. Oh, I can take care of myself. I'm a lot stronger than Cutter is. They pay four dollars there, and there's no children. The work's nothing. I can have every evening and be out a lot in the afternoons. I thought you liked children, Tony. What's come over you? I don't know. Something has. Antonia tossed her head and set her jaw. A girl like me has got to take her good times when she can. Maybe there won't be any tent next year. I guess I want to have my fling, like the other girls. Mrs. Harling gave a short, harsh laugh. If you go to work for the Cutters, you're likely to have a fling that you won't get up from in a hurry. Frances said, when she told Grandmother and me about this scene, that every pan and plate and cup on the shelves trembled when her mother walked out of the kitchen. Mrs. Harling declared bitterly that she wished she had never let herself get fond of Antonia. End of chapter 10